Hello and welcome to another episode on of the Point Forward Podcast. I'm recording on a beautiful Sunday morning. Um, you know, we've hit a bit of a lull, PJ. We've talked about this a little bit in the last couple of weeks. We're ready for the playoffs, but uh, we still got to give the people what they want. And uh, we still have some stuff to talk about around the NBA. What's going on, man? What up? We're doing this before the Duke game, so in case things go south, you don't get sad, PJ. Which is smart. Uh, I don't think... I Heads up not, thinking on our parts. I would not have wanted to do that post-Duke loss, but you and I are both in the camp. They're going to win. Duke. Well, we you are definitely rooting for them to win. I'm rooting for them to win because my I have them winning my bracket. Which Who I'm doesn't surprised. have them winning I'm in their surpri- bracket, though? I'm very surprised in our pool that only 50% of the people in the pool have Duke winning. That seemed a little shocking to me, but... My hey. work one, everyone has Duke winning. Every person? Yeah. Yep. Dang. A little surprised. Well, I don't know how many people that is, but I'm a little surprised yeah, it's like that. Eight. That's no bigger than that. Yeah. Eight for eight. That's still pretty. I mean, but if you are if you aren't watching a ton of college basketball this year, then I if people were picking Gonzaga, I could see that. If people were picking North Carolina, I could see that. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. Duke seemed like the most the most likely to win it Duke, all. Duke, Virginia, baby. Their last two their last two games, they've gotten a clo- gotten a little close, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, maybe drives you a little bit insane if you're a Duke fan. I felt more stressed during the UCF game than I did the Virginia Tech game. Even like, well, they were they were down late, very uh, late in that game. So I, I'm not surprised to hear that, but. Uh, looking forward to those games this afternoon. Last night's games were really fun. The Virginia um, Purdue, Purdue game. I can't believe Purdue wild. was keeping them. I can't believe Purdue still in this tournament. The Tennessee Purdue ending was. I would be pretty mad if I'm a fan of Tennessee. Which oh, you yeah. you had you were financially invested a little bit there, so you're probably a little frustrated. <laughs> Suck. <laughs> Oh man, but um, yeah, let's dive. It was, uh, <laughs> that was uh, had it. The, the Tennessee had it. I thought they kind of got screwed at the end, but uh, yeah, I having live betting Tennessee plus four and a half, and them losing by five in overtime was a bit of a gut punch. Yeah, not great. Uh, not not great, but. Tennessee, they they almost blew it to Iowa. They, I don't know. They they they, they were some, fun though. Like I had fun watching fun. them. They were really fun. <laughs> Just yeah, I, I agree. Mean, a team I wasn't really like didn't really believe in, but like the tournament, the couple of games I was like, yeah, they're just they're fun. And then the minute I thought that, that's when they failed me. <laughs> yep. Um. Well, Peach, let's uh, let's jump to the Lakers because we haven't talked about them enough this year. A lot of buzz about Luke Walton. They officially announced yesterday they're shutting down LeBron for the season. If if you're running the Lakers, what are you doing with Luke Walton this offseason? Well, I don't think the answer is to replace him with Jason Kidd. <laughs> I. No. I those rumors and Woj started talking about that. 
it feels like kind of a, a LeBronish move of the, but Jason Kidd hasn't been a person to to like he's not in the same comparison as as like Ty Lue, where you know whatever the the you want to argue his involvement in the coaching like if LeBron had more input with a coach like Ty Lue. Like Jason Kidd might say that, and they might play along, and it just might be like a brain trust between the two of them. But Jason Kidd has never been one to play like nicely in those organizations. I mean, he was the Brooklyn coach, and then ended up getting traded to be the Milwaukee coach because he part tried to like run a coup against Billy uh, King when he was the GM, and they got rid of him. So I don't know if he would be the guy. I would say that to replace Luke Walden and has done nothing to make me say that he's a better coach than Luke Walden. I, I, well, I would... that's the thing. That's what doesn't make sense to me is that Jason Kidd is unproven. And other than the fact that he has a relationship with LeBron, which, Hey, that in the past, has that worked. is the reason Ty Lue became yeah. the head coach for the Cavs and they won a championship. So I can't completely disregard that, all of that logic, but Jason Kidd has had, he has not had success as a head coach, period. Ty Lue, at least you could say, like, yeah, we don't really know what we're getting out of that. You, Yeah, at least he's, like, proven that him and LeBron can win together. Um, I – and my thing is, like, with – with unless there's a coach that you think you – you he is, you automatically are upgrading with and LeBron's in likes, I don't think it makes sense to make a coaching move and to go – not – keep Luke Wall until you know what the roster is and what the because there is so much up in the air with who's going to be on this team mm-hmm. that until you know that piece I don't think it makes sense to first do the make the coach move I think the coach should come in second if it's they get Anthony Davis or whatever they do in the offseason and then it's you know maybe the first 20-25 games it, it's Luke Wallen's chance to, to work with this roster, see if they can win, and then from there maybe you make the move. You have someone else on the staff or you bring someone in during the season. I, But I can't make a solid argument for – unless LeBron is so out on Luke Wallen as the coach – but in that way, like I just I don't know what's out there. What that I just don't think the coaching is the the biggest problem with this team. Uh, I think there's been a lot of mistakes made by everyone involved in this Lakers season, including LeBron. Including LeBron is not his fault, but he definitely factored into the offseason moves after yeah. they signed him. Yeah, and it, I just think from that that perspective. There's a there's steps to this, but it's first it needs to be a roster that everyone is invested in and everyone is ready to move forward with and commit to. Um, and you need to eliminate some of these question marks. And the, the, the guys that are going to be on this team moving forward need to know it and be confident in that piece. And there's um, nothing about the current situation. I think this this it just a lot of these younger guys weren't weren't the guys for that. And to be in this this situation, and I think maybe argument were uh, have a little bit to learn professionally, like with some of the NBA, just how the business portion of this works. Well, 
maybe it will all flow fine when Lonzo is with Nike and off. The yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That'll fix all their problems, right? That is uh. That sucks. That's like one thing I that sucks. <laughs> no, I meant like for his story. Like that was one of the biggest things with all of this big ball. It was just that. Depending on who was in that circle, I just I felt I was always kind of was always nervous for him. Just in general, of that, you like to see the independence piece of it, but de- just depending on how that goes and the the way they were kind of positioning themselves in the market, um, I'm not I wasn't crazy surprised to hear that he had a sketchy business. Par- they had a sketchy business partner that just you know two million. I think it was like last time it was like two million dollars just can't be accounted for yeah it's who knows what all is going on there uh i don't know what that means for the overall brand and what they're gonna do with his brothers and and all that stuff but it's uh he's it right now i mean so what those other until i i think it's gotta be on uh yeah lonzo is the biggest influencer there he's i mean they don't he's the only thing moving units yeah family exactly but he's only i think gonna part be able to do that too while he's still in la um yeah which could be short-lived depending on what you see this off season yeah and i think uh just yeah in general i mean i guess to get to the the lakers shutting lebron james down in part like cool like white flag i don't have any problem with it the Which, you know hot takes whatever with it of like oh Jordan whatever I I there's no reason him playing these games and you know risking any injury and like jeopardizing your next season it's 34 you might as well tank to get a slightly better pick even though if you're you know around picking between eight and ten ish. I don't think you're getting anything great in this year's draft, but like, right. you never know, and you, you have a better shot if you're picking earlier. But quick tangent: speaking of Lonzo getting traded, do you? Th- so, if you had asked several a few months ago when Adia demanded the trade and everything, I think everyone would agree that Boston could put together a better package to acquire AD than the Lakers. But do you feel that way still? They have way more yeah. picks. Just because of the, just picks. the players, okay. Say, so, yeah, I, I think that the players you can include in the deal. Like, I think Ingram. There's a lot of upside with Ingram, and he's really young still. I don't, I don't know how much better of a prospect Jason Tatum is than Ingram. Am I crazy to say that? Uh I think I, I think I, I do like the. Because I think Jason Tatum can play in, in some situations where he can play without the ball in his hand a little bit more than Brandon Ingram can. Um, I, I do also think Ingram's learned in some ways, I think, this back half season to play with LeBron a little better than the beginning. Um, no, I thought as far as, I mean, the ready to go now, like the, the current players on both teams – I thought that either the Lakers or Boston could make a pretty comparable trade package. It's just, it's just that where Boston can do that and more, it's just their their draft picks and their other additional assets they have on their side that the Lakers really can't don't have anything on their roster right now to uh, 
to to surpass that piece. So that's just I mean I think I don't really I never really thought that yeah anything on Boston was was crazy, but I mean I think you can go down both sides and and there it's pretty comparable, but it it also depends on who the GM of the Pelicans is going to be. Right. But no, I don't think that's crazy to say um in general, but yeah, obviously I going into the season the everyone have... Yeah. I mean, going into the season, everyone loved the Jason, just was on Jason Tatum bandwagon. And and what he did in the Eastern Conference Finals last yeah. year and him shooting 43% from three as a rookie, that's that's great. There's a lot to be excited about there. But then you have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward coming back. He has the ball less. He's playing fewer minutes. He just hasn't shot the ball as well this year and isn't taking as many threes as you think he would. So it's just kind of like a lot of those are he's not as as hot of a prospect at this moment. But if he all of a sudden came back next year and was, you know, putting up 20 a game and shooting 40 percent plus from three, like that changes things. It's just a matter of it seems like AD is going to be gone before the season starts. And does that mean that the Pelicans are willing to pull the trigger on Tatum before they see more? Like, I, I, I just don't know. Probably. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anything that's uh, untradeable for Anthony Davis. That's been a, a company line statement for uh, most of the season, and I, I stand by it. Yeah, there's. You really can't. You there's no there's nothing that's irreplaceable about to in an effort to get you Anthony Davis. Yeah, you trade whatever you need to. Right. As long as he can, he'll resign and commit long term. Let's uh, let's jump and talk about uh, where where the playoffs are currently stacking up now. Where the playoffs start two weeks from yesterday, so we're getting close. Uh, right now in the Eastern Conference, it looks like the Bucks are going to, unless they collapse down the stretch here, and they are resting Giannis a little bit more. They they are yeah, sitting pretty injury. good to get the one seed. Um, they're sitting at 57 and 19, followed by Raptors, Sixers, Celtics, Pacers, Pistons, Nets, Heat. The Heat are only a half game up on the Magic, and they're a few games up on the Hornets. It looks like the Hornets, unless they go on a run here, are likely not going to make the playoffs. Um, Bucks Heat doesn't really move the needle that much for me. I don't know the Heat don't have. Well, no one really has anyone that can really match up against Giannis, but. I don't see that series going well. That that could go really well for the Bucks because it's. I don't think that's gonna put much stress on them at all. Like I think the Nets, if they ended up playing the Nets, if the Nets fall to the eight seed, they're only a half game up on the Heat. Like if I'm the Bucks, with all the injuries they have, I'd much rather play the Heat than the Nets in round one. Yeah, the Heat are gonna steal a game though from a, whoever home, they play yeah. in the first round. Probably, yeah. There, I mean, you'll. I, I. I would bet heavy. I think maybe we'll get one like Dwayne Wade finale game again, kind of like we had last season. He had that his his one uh, big moment of playoffs, kind of send him off. Uh, I would. I would probably rather take the. I mean, I don't think though that's a something to say. Like I would want the Brooklyn Brooklyn over. Um, or I would not saying I'd want Miami over Brooklyn though, because 
Brooklyn's never been in the playoffs, and I mean the Bucks have. They've struggled. I there's the D'Angelo Russell factor. Yeah, is really what you know. Could he take over a series? I I don't think so. Not against the Bucks and so how they either, match up. He's been he's been playing really well. Lately. I know. they as a team have been playing well. But that they uh, they feel like a really good regular season team as far as they're not going to have any down nights just because of how they're set up. But in a playoff series, and I think Budenhoser is going to be able to. That's going to be where you start to see a difference with him as these mid series adjustments where, right. They're gonna shut some of that down, and, and playing back continuously against Bucks with or without injuries, I think that's gonna whatever the the resources they have at their disposal is a lot less than what Milwaukee has. Um, right. So I, I I'm not really too stressed about either one. I think that if anything, the the Heat could give you a little bit more trouble as far as making you play their style. In dictating some of that, and you you wind up playing six games, whereas you, you really should have only been playing, you know, sweeping them or, or playing having it be a five game series. Right. Well, regardless of what ends up happening there, this it looks like, uh, you know, I don't see an upset happening in the first round. I, I mean, some people, Celtics Pacers will be will be fun. I don't think. The Celtics will necessarily run away with that, but if that went more than six games, I'd be surprised. And then the second round, Celtics Bucks rematch of the first round last year, will be fun to see. Uh, Raptors will likely be going up against the Sixers. See the the Pacers Eastern Conference is fun. I mean, the Pacers Celtics matchup for the Milwaukee is uh, is tough. <laughs> That's not going to be easy for. Um, the Bucks. That that part makes that's where I I guess when I'm looking at it, it's whoever they play in the first round. I would like to just see them sweep and just then because of the health, everything it's just rest. get guys rested and not yeah waste energy because that Indiana man they're they're not going to go down easy. I mean they've Nate McMillan deserves a ton of credit for how how that team has played post uh, Oladipo being done for yeah. the season and. Like so, bonus has been so good for them since that as well. Um, yeah, they 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 don't they're not necessarily like a, if I could see them beating Boston, but um, that's only just because I think that some of the dysfunction with Boston. I just don't know if that goes away in the playoffs. No, and I, we I at least expected the Pacers to kind of plummet after Victor Oladipo's injury and they've they're yeah, 13 games above 500 they've played super well and they're gonna play tough I just I think when it comes to flipping the switch in the playoffs the Celtics have Kyrie Irving who's always been great in the postseason I just I I don't see them losing that that's all I'm saying um but moving on to the west and quick aside uh because we're gonna talk about the Rockets here too is that uh, I'm I'm worried, very worried about where where the MVP race stands now. It seems like there's a lot of hardened buzz. He had a 50 point triple double last night, even though he shot like 11 of 32 from the field. But it just seems like he's getting talked about more right now and all season compared to Giannis, and I'm worried about that. 
yeah, as, I, as an investor in the Giannis for MVP. Right. I'm still not just because of of if the Bucks end up with the best record in his stat, I I do wonder with the Harden piece though is just that there is this still some sort of like contemption towards the style they're playing. Um and just him in general, like he doesn't seem like the most as far as like the media goes, like NBA writers seem to find really quick ways to get um drawn away from from James Harden or find real quick excuses to to hate on him maybe more than they do other guys uh who may do similar things. At the same time, too, like he's, I think there's just some hardened fatigue. So that's where I feel confident with Giannis, and Giannis is just loved by all. <laughs> so when it comes to like the voting piece, I think if the Bucks end up with the best record in the East and just their season, um, I would be kind of surprised if he doesn't win it. At the same time, if James Harden continues to put up a few more of these. Uh, these big stat lines. I don't know. That just seems weird because a lot of this is is just receding right now for them. Like if they end up being a, a the three seed, does that really make as much of a difference in people's minds than if they were the the four or five? Well, and here's the other thing, man. Is that what doesn't make sense to me is that you could definitely make the argument. Okay, the Rockets have dealt with injuries to their second and third best players. But they have very their second and third best players, you could argue, are better than the second option on the Bucks. Like Chris Paul is, is better than Chris Middleton. Um, just in general, I think he's a better basketball player. Capella, yeah, uh, Middleton, like he could, you know, they're so, so you're different. saying it's you'd rather to, take Harden, Chris Paul, Clint Capella than Giannis, Middleton, Bledsoe? Well, no, I I wouldn't because of Giannis because I think Giannis is is better. I think Giannis is the best player of those six players. But uh, if I was to rank all of those players, I probably. I mean, I th- I think the Hugh, I think Hughes. All I'm saying is that I think James Harden has a better second fiddle. His second and third best options are better than Giannis's, just top to bottom. Bledsoe's having so a think, really good season, man. I know he's been better. I know, but I, I he's he has had a good season. Uh, but I, I think that what Giannis has been able to do is more impressive. I'm just, I think that it, I think that yeah, but he I mean, the, has been able to get his. He's been so dominant and able to get his teammates involved to to a degree that, um, Harden just hasn't. Well, and that's but. The I think in, in kind of what I think you're driving. It's like the the difference between the two is Giannis is flourishing within a system, whereas James Harden is having a system kind of put around him, and it's a lot of his, his system is dictated on him doing things individually. Whereas Giannis is now in this is in a spot where a system is driving and making things easier on him. And therefore, he's been able to flourish and do better. But he is a lot of his season. I think more could be just a product of what Budenholzer has done in some ways. You know, individually, just like yeah, skill wise, talent wise. I mean, he's got 
the most unique one of the more, most unique skill sets um, and his ability to help and and what he does impacting on both sides is like really what drives the uh, his argument. But yeah, I mean, James yeah. Harden just individually doing some ISO stuff and and what he's able to do as one entity to then like basically make it easier for everyone else on his team to be like, I can do, I can bring this much of a load and like everyone else just needs to meet me at this point and we will win. Um, is still, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's not, I, but they're both, I, I think what, what anything, it's like two conflicting ways to make a compelling, the same compelling MVP case. Like, I think if, if either yeah. one was on its own, you would you would no blink. Yes, that is, and they're just they've both found two very different ways to get to basically the same point of being considered for MVP, and it's just the the one difference is one has done it, and there's some fatigue around him versus the new up and coming like universally loved <laughs> guy that does like crazy things we've never seen on a basketball court before, just because of his size and athleticism and everything that comes with the Giannis experience. And I'm definitely not trying to diminish what James Harden has done either, because if you look at, no, you're nervous about it. What I'm very nervous about it because if you know, at to this season, Giannis has not had to play as many minutes. He's been hovering around the 36 minute a game mark the last few seasons. And then this season, because of how good the bucks have been, He's playing 30, and they're often blowing teams out by the time he yeah. gets to the fourth quarter. He doesn't have to play as much. If you look at his per 36, he's averaging 30 and almost 14 rebounds a game. Yeah. That's insane. It uh, is. And his rebounds having, have been up a ton with Budenhoser. Yes, it's crazy. And Harden, he's having to, he's had to carry so much of the load for the Rockets. He, whenever the Chris Paul was out and Capella was out. It was just ISO Harden for 40 minutes a game, and they have won and had success doing that. So they He's, deserve a ton of credit. I just sure. think I think it's Giannis' season. They, his, too much team success, too dominant from him. He's going to get knocked a little bit for being in the East, but I just think he deserves <sighs> it. I just I think in general I think everyone. I mean, we've been talking about it for the last couple weeks, but I don't think we're the only ones. It's just, it feels like in general people really kind of like closed a lot of those off like a few weeks ago (laughs) like i think yeah james harden's doing a lot right now but i don't know if it's it's people are really sitting in like these last eight games or so 10 games that everyone's like been really like oh you know if this person does this or this that's gonna change my vote i think a lot of people just made their minds up a few weeks back and now we're just like we're we're literally just doing these games because we have to (laughs) I think so. Yeah, but you know, if which if that part makes these... me less nervous than for the the our Giannis stuff is if people if people made their minds up a couple, few weeks back, then we're good. If people are still taking these games really seriously into account for who they were going to vote for, then yeah, I'm I'm a little bit more nervous. Yeah, and what's good is that the it looks like the Rockets, unless they win, they go on our. Uh, a streak here to end the unless they win out essentially i don't think they're gonna catch the nuggets of the warriors they're probably locked into the three seed and that obviously helps them be 
PKs for Giannis too. But let's talk about these matchups a little bit. So Warriors and Nuggets are tied for the first seed right now. Warriors have a tiebreaker, so they're they're currently sitting in the top spot. Right now, if the season ended today, it would be Thunder Warriors first round. <laughs> Which would be really fun. That's a fun first round. Because I don't the Warriors aren't gonna sweep them, I don't think. I think the Thunder could make that you know, I think they'd they'd take a game or two and make things fun. Dude, well it's just what that's like the craziest thing though, is that this little downturn that the Thunder have done. I mean I thought OKC uh I thought OKC Golden State was definitely gonna be like your Western Conference finals, uh a few weeks ago. But just how the West is and, and everything, it's <laughs> that's why the Lakers aren't in the playoffs. They had a bad, you know, twenty game stretch and, and they were done, essentially. Yeah. Uh, now Grant, yeah, OKC could move up two spots here and in like a matter of a, a another week. So Right. They're, the West is just crazy because same... it's it's literally just chaos till the end and it's if we, we cut off the season at any point it just be the entire playoff picture of that just changes it flips on its head so much. Right. So most teams have six or seven games left. The Thunder and Spurs are tied. Uh, same record, but the Spurs are sitting in the seventh spot. They played the Shut Nuggets up. if the season ended now, which if I'm a Nuggets fan, that's that's not the matchup I want. Shouts uh, to the Spurs for getting their season over. Congrats to me. <laughs> yeah, congrats <laughs> to you. Uh, but <laughs> Only thing Clippers, I really cared about. <laughs> Clippers are currently matched up against the Rockets. If I think that if you're the Rockets, you'd, you'd be very happy with that as a first-round matchup. Um, and then the Blazers-Jazz. Uh, are currently in the four and five seeds and you know quick comment on the the Nurkic injury from this this week really ugly uh that's such a bummer to see because he had been playing so well but um not not looking great for them going to the playoffs CJ's still hurt he should be coming back but without Nurkic I just don't know don't know how far they can go Oh, they're kind of yeah. They're they're slowly. I, <laughs> yeah. It seems like the Bucks and Blazers have just been accumulating injuries the last <laughs> couple weeks here, and not um, doing much else. It kind of sucks, but yeah, Dame's going to be on, out on an island. It seems like this playoffs. Hopefully, yes, maybe CJ can come back, but um, they might drop. They might even drop here if you know, depending on how how they finish out the season. Um, a few spots as well, and then yeah, maybe the Thunder are back up. I mean, Thunder would probably finish yeah somewhere five to five to eight, but I don't think they're yeah. going to get in that three four conversation. So those eight teams that I just mentioned, they all have their they have a playoff seed locked. So Kings, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Timberwolves, Lakers, Pelicans, they're all out of this. Um, Kings were really the only team of that bunch that were relatively close a, a week or two ago. But uh, they're going to miss the playoffs again this season. And um, so those are the eight, the West, eight Western Conference playoff teams. It's just a question of what are the Seating, matchups going to yeah. end up being. Which, which could change a lot. Could change a lot, a lot. Yeah, that's really uh, what they're just. Now and yeah. Two weeks from now. It's like a mini, I guess, sort of tournament before the tournament in, in that way. Of, I guess I haven't really done the research to see how much, how many games between. Um, these couple like between all these Who plays each other yeah but it does sort of with like the clippers maybe it seems to me like i wouldn't be 
maybe this is just discounting their their professionalism. It just the Clippers thing sort of feels like to me the minute they won and the the streak they just have they're kind of coming off of, which has been crazy. I mean, they're doing similar to what the Jazz did last year, um, of just a late season run, but. The, that sort of feels like something where they are like, we made the playoffs, yeah, we proved all these people wrong, and like really trashed on us and didn't believe in us. And I do wonder if they would like, if there is any sense of them letting up just at the last minute, and then you know, so now that they're guaranteed a playoff spot, maybe they would let up a little bit, and maybe they end up being the eighth seed. See, I I don't think that's gonna. I think the Clippers are gonna end up being. I think where they're going to finish at the sixth seed. Do you like the because, Pelicans, where they just like are just it is yeah they they're they're on the streak that no one can understand and they just well that and they're they're a lot better at home yeah and they have they only have one more road game they're at home they're that's at true home for a good stretch for to end the season and I just like, I don't think they're gonna run the table by any means but I think that they probably win more than they lose from here on out and. Um, anything could happen as far as the the Fair Spurs, the Spurs uh, go on a run because they they're seven and three in their last ten games. The Clippers are hot right now too, but the Thunder aren't. So I don't. I think the Thunder are going to end up as the eighth seed. I don't see them turning around. I think it's just a matter of are the Spurs going to jump the Clippers or not, dude. Thunder is such a fucking roller coaster of a team. <laughs> Yeah, they are. The minute you, uh, I just think like I feel like since po- like post post KD, it's just anytime I I make an opinion on the the Thunder, I go it's like two weeks come go by and I have to have like a completely different thought on them. Even well, though I think it, in general just, they've been they a really good season, a, it's just still it's they haven't had a stretch this year where they've had really good play for both Paul George and Russ. Yeah, Russ has finally started shooting the ball better a little bit as of late, but Paul George has kind of cooled down. Right, and um, they, in order to make a run in the West, like so, if they, let's say they end up catching, you know, getting some momentum, and they they're able to to leapfrog the Spurs, um, or the you know the Clippers fall off a cliff, and they end up as the seventh seed, right? So they theoretically would be going up against the Nuggets in the first round. Um, I think that looks better for them, obviously, than going against the the Warriors. That's an obvious statement, but can they beat the Nuggets? I don't know. I mean, we've the seen Thunder? more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think, can they for sure? But have we seen them play consistently, consistent good basketball? Um, you know, that would be a tough. Se- one stretch of season for about a month, they were playing great. And that was when Paul George was getting MVP buzz, and since then, MV or uh, Paul George kind of fell off a little bit. Russell Westbrook is playing better, but they're losing. Yeah, but this so I mean they've they've proven enough to me at least this season defensively that they're gonna they're gonna work. I mean in a playoff series they're gonna be a tough matchup, and they do have the personnel that would give that would give Denver especially some trouble. Uh, what I mean, if if they're able, to, I haven't really. I just see what Nurkic or not Nurkic, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> what Jokic has done against uh, Stephen Adams recently, but 
That is See, one. I don't. I don't think the Stephen Adams on Jokic is a good matchup for Jokic. I think it is a great matchup for Jokic. I don't think Stephen Adams can do much against. Right. Him. That's what I'm. That's. I, I. I feel like Jokic has done well against Stephen Adams, but then I didn't want to necessarily say that because I'm like, well, that Thunder the Thunder team I think can can scheme and at least give can at least put the the Nuggets in a position where they're having to either take some shots they don't want or getting you know they I think they do have enough around them they could identify all right. If we're gonna lose, we want X X dude to beat us. We're not gonna let these these few guys beat us. Um, but yeah, I thought Jokic is. I felt like Jokic has done done decent against um, uh, against Stephen Adams. But I didn't. I don't. So I didn't do the season, research before this, folks. Sorry. So from StatMuse this season, yeah. uh, Jokic is averaging 25, 11 and a half rebounds and almost seven assists. Against yeah. OKC, so very just normal Jokic stat line. So yep, but slightly above what he you know those are slightly above what he has been putting up this season. So it's yeah. not like it's not like you throw Stephen Stephen Adams against Jokic and Jokic is having a tough time. You know he's he's doing his thing. Yeah. Um, it's still that's not a fun. That's if I were if I were the Nuggets, that wouldn't be the. Team. I think you'd. I think you'd almost. I would want the Spurs. <laughs> that over the. Over the uh, Thunder. If I was. If I was the, a, a Nuggets fan. The Nuggets are four and zero against the Thunder this year. Oh, they are. Well, fuck it. Play the Thunder. <laughs> and they're one and two against the Spurs. So that's why I, if I'm a Nuggets fan. And the only reason I know, like, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I know the Nuggets keep lose, always losing Every San time we Antonio. talk to Deucey, he's like, yeah. you know, he makes him. a trek down to San Antonio to see they the lose. Nuggets get their ass kicked against the, that's why, the that's Spurs. That's why you get home court, man. Yeah, exactly. That's true. You know, they, they're they a lot better at home. That's going to help them. But I'm still, I think the Thunder, because, okay, if the if the, I saw this, you want the, the Nuggets had this just. Seed. If the Nuggets had this one great wing that, all right, you shut this guy down and you hurt their offense, that's one thing because you can throw Paul George on him and he can make a difference. But they've got so many wings that are have been solid this year. And then you, 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 you run everything through Jokic, who there are very few guys that can give him problems. So I, I don't know. They just clearly have been more effective against the, uh, the thunder this season but things should change in the playoffs i could be wrong going back to the clippers for a sec now do you think lou williams is the best six man of all time since he just he, a couple weeks back got the uh most bench point like all-time bench points so it's him or manu right or jamal crawford yeah i i it's tough to argue against Manu Ginobili, who just Lou got Williams his jersey has, retired. Has better stats. Uh, Manu only won six man once, but Manu was a four time NBA champion. Uh, you know he he is going to be remembered more than Lou Williams will be. Um, yeah. And probably meant more for his franchise than Lou Williams has for the few in teams his he's career. played. 
Yeah, for the so many teams that he's played for. So I got to go with Manu on this one. I love Lou Williams. He's a guy that I would want on my team. But Manu is just a winner. But yeah. Manu was Manu wasn't starting for like not was just like that was kind of like a, a decision made by it wasn't that he wasn't a starter really. I mean, he was he was basically yeah, the closest he, thing to a starter but coming off the bench and it just worked better with the Spurs in general. Like it wasn't a Well, that's that's a fair distinction to point out. If like Jamal Crawford and, and Lou Williams feel pretty similar to me and I I just think like when I look at both their careers I would take Jamal Crawford over Lou Williams. You would take Jamal Crawford over Lou Williams. So he's number one for you. As far as, yeah, like six-man regular seat. Like, oh, yeah, because I think Manu in general, yeah, I think it's a fair, like, is the overall more accomplished, better player. Uh, but this longevity, everything that Jamal Crawford's career, I think it's, it's pretty impressive. I mean, it's... There's a lot, lot there, and and just like he's done it with different teams, and he had a stretch. I mean, he's won the award the most uh, so far. Um, but like in that role, in that type of like true quote unquote six man, I I feel like Jamal Crawford is is still better overall. Because uh, yeah, Lou Williams hasn't. That's, well, Jamal Crawford had some teams that were, uh, played on some pretty bad teams, too, so I, I won't actually introduce that segment into it. <laughs> well, I, I see where you're... I mean, I, I think that's a fair argument. I just... I don't necessarily think that... Like, Lou Williams... I'm trying to pull up his minutes this season. Like... I mean, he's averaging 26 minutes per game this year, which is yeah. you know you know pretty typical for a six man. Last year, he averaged 30 almost 33 minutes a game. So you can make the same argument for a guy like that that okay, he's coming off the bench, but if he's playing 33 minutes, is that really a starter? I mean, I would argue yes. So I don't know. I, I still I still sit with with Manu given. Sure. What all he did in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, the six man whole thing is kind of semantics in some ways. <laughs> anyway, it's yeah, just... yeah, that's not a, that's a tough one to answer, but I think it's those three guys. And you and I are probably forgetting someone that played in the seventies, eighties, nineties that should be considered too. But yeah, probably. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we we can only do so much. Um, a few other things, so. Uh, Devin Booker um, has been tearing it up lately. The Suns continue to suck, but Devin yeah. Booker put up back-to-back fifty-point games. Uh, the Suns, really... the Suns season, you know, basically it turns into Suns are eliminated. They're fighting for uh, <laughs> the Suns are fighting for lottery spots and continue to lose. But Devin Booker finds a way to up his stats. Which, if the season ended right now, they'd have the second best odds. Yeah. Um, if they get Zion, I'm gonna be pissed. They don't. They should not get Zion. Like that would suck. They've been in the top five for for it seems for infinity and. Yeah. They I wouldn't like Zion on the. Ah, that would suck. He's my. Out of the the teams that are heavily that have good odds to get the number one overall pick. That is the last team I would like to see him go to, other than Cleveland. 
I was going to say period, but I'd rather him go to Phoenix than Cleveland, if I'm being honest. Just because they have a chance to be good at maybe. Yeah, and at least he, at least like Devin Booker is fun, and he would get to play with him. And Aiton has quietly had a good rookie season. Yeah. uh, Seeing, I don't know how well him and Aiton would pair together, but it'd be kind of fun to see them try to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I. Versus the Cavs, who it's like, all right, you get to go play with Kevin Love. Great. But Devin Booker just it is it's kind of crazy to me that because the same thing was like the 70-point game a few years ago. It just is like, all right, we need to lose. We want to continue to lose. But, yeah, Devin, go ahead. Put up these crazy stat lines so people kind of ignore the fact that we're losing intentionally. Because, um, really, I don't – I think if any player puts up 50 points, their team shouldn't lose that game ever. Agreed, and I think he's zero and three. Is yeah, I mean it's that's the case of just the, the pure example of hey you've you've uh, you we want to lose so yeah one great way we can do that is we'll we'll put up these big stats that everyone gets notifications of and people just go wow that's cool but ignore the fact that you've lost those games. It's uh, yeah, he might be like the king of empty stats right now in the league. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's averaging almost twenty-seven points a game, which is a lot. But um, he's also he gets to shoot as much as as his heart mm-hmm. desires, right? So like I I don't know. He's yeah. Is he's he much? Shooting, is is he any different than percent from three this year? Yeah. Is he any different good. than Monta Ellis was like on those old Warriors teams? Like pre Steph Curry defensively, but not by a ton. They're yeah. Look how people view Monta versus Devin Booker. De- the the Devin Booker hatred hatred is probably a little strong, but the anti Devin Booker rhetoric will will come out at some point. Yeah, it's just not that <laughs> no one cares because he's playing for Phoenix because he's and he hasn't made an All Star team. He's been in the league for four years and. He hasn't played with anyone good. I mean, he he hasn't played with anyone good. So they they, they need to get an actual point guard. John. And if they they're gonna get a top a high pick this year, and they're gonna they're gonna get Zion or one of the Duke kids or Ja or someone, and they should go. You know, they should go try to pay someone this offseason. Like free agents at least tend to entertain Phoenix. And if they can get a guy or two to come there, and they'll probably oh, and I almost forgot, but they'll probably you know they're bound to throw twenty million at Kelly Oubre this off season too. Mm-hmm. Who knows? At yes. some point, you gotta he's gotta get they just might get some crap, but um, oh oh, if he does. Any uh, that's all I have for NBA though, man. What's uh, do you have any shoutouts? Shout-outs I have for the day. Um, Shout-out to both Bulls-related. Shout-out to the Bulls for literally just sitting everyone that matters. Um, and just now officially having two G League teams uh, under their umbrella of an organization. And uh, shout-out Fred Hoiberg for signing a seven-year, $25 million <sighs> deal with uh, Nebraska basketball following in his uh, grandpa's... <laughs> footsteps so to the head I coach texted there. her I texted our group chat yesterday about that which I'm I'm sure you had seen that already and um 
I'm I'm very bummed. Very bummed to see him go to to be a Husker. That just it's such it doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, I know. But he'll make Nebraska. No, fo- no he'll make Nebraska basketball and, cool. Sure. It's cool to you. Not, Nebraska basketball will never be cool to me. I don't care if Michael Jordan's coaching that team. I'm nah. I'm. Well, that's luck. a Nebraska brand. That's not their bad. I mean. I could not name you a Nebraska basketball player. <laughs> yeah. Beside, uh, no, they had one guy. I feel like I'm just trying to think now. When they made the tournament a few years ago, like five years, maybe it was five years ago now. I don't know. Um, I mean, they've definitely had at least a guy in the NBA or two in the last right. few years. But um, what I picture the person I'm thinking of, but. Um, I mean, he gets to stay in the Midwest. He's he's got some ties there. He was a Nebraska football fan growing up, and he got paid. So that's really all that really matters. Yeah, he, um, he got some money. I guess I was, I was I, a little I was a little surprised that Iowa State just didn't hire him. Bring back. him back. He might yeah. end up back there again. Like he might just yeah later. I would I would put money down right now that he will he will come back to Iowa State at some point. He'll return. Yeah, yeah. The son always returns home. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you? If you had to, if you know, if you were getting plus, plus yeah. one fifty odds, would you bet that? Well, the thing is, if the the way that whole thing worked, and it was the same thing when he was there, is like the only way he could really leave there and still be like viewed well is that like if he went to the NBA, and then That's what he did, yeah. And then since then, I kind of freed him up to either take another NBA job if he had a chance, which I, I guess the, everything, it just didn't seem like that. And I think maybe the college life side. I know he doesn't like recruiting, but, um, you know, I think in general maybe that stability was, was probably more appealing at this point than, than with the NBA. Um, and maybe having to wait a few years before you got another head coaching job, go back to college, you can – He's not going to really have any pressure. I mean, there's no reason that he's not going to see that full seven years out. But if he picks up something good, like this would give him the ability to, um, you know, if Bill, Bill Self leaves Kansas at some you know, he could leave Nebraska for one of those more blue-chip programs. I don't think he could have left Iowa State for one of those blue-chip programs, and the optics, you know, feel the same. I agree with that. But he could then, you know – that going back to Iowa State, it's always open, but that would be more of the okay. I've kind of my, my cycle of coaching and like options and stuff. Like I'm kind of flatlined now at a point where like, yeah, let's go back to Iowa State, and I can basically write myself a lifetime contract till I want to retire um, with that situation, which is what it's always going to be. I mean, he was producing. I mean, they were winning a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, Wish he would have been coaching them in the first round of the tournament this year. Sure, but there, uh, he will. I think it, it, one thing I'll say in general, though, with like the Big Ten, I think that is a considerable upgrade to have another. Like, I think he will make Nebraska legit enough. I mean, if he takes the same approach he did with Iowa State to kind of jumpstart that by identifying some transfer players, and, and if, he, yeah. if he just basically replicates that, I mean, he got that Iowa State thing up and running in like two years. Oh, I think it's a great hire by Nebraska. By no means am I saying was I trying to. No, 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 no. I know this you were like a bad situation for Nebraska, or it was a bad hire. Like 
Fred is a great recruiter and great well, basketball coach. I just meant in general, though, of like the signing and just the immediate. Like it's going to have, I think, a more of an immediate impact on things than. Uh, I just think that the the kind of buzz around him and just what had happened at, with the Bulls and just that whole everything about that, like it. I I, I would just I wouldn't want people to think like a guy wasn't able to and just like the fast uh the high the high fast like rise to success he had at Iowa State was was pretty impressive and um you don't really see that just of a guy that's come in first time coaching um and to just get that thing up and running as fast as he did um right and he's going to I think probably have more resources at Nebraska than he did at Iowa State to be able to um, do that even you know faster and be in the Big Ten um, and just in general like it's it's of slightly it could be a slightly more elevated position than um, you going up and trying to basically get a team together that you think you can beat Kansas every year like that's what the Big Twelve is <laughs> it's could yeah, you have the pieces it, to beat Kansas well it's the same thing with Michigan State and. Michigan. I mean, those are the two teams that you're really. In Wisconsin, yeah, but there's there's but a different Kansas. Brand. Kansas is definitely a, a a more historically significant, impressive program than Michigan State and Michigan. But Michigan Michigan State's still a great program. Like you're still. Yeah, but none of those teams Big are Ten's really. Good, Big Ten is a good conference to be jumping into and trying to to make a dent in things like and but i'm saying cc is where you want to be but big Ten's all right but i'm saying too if he, they bring that pace and space and just the the style they were playing that he i mean if he just basically copy and paste what he did at iowa state puts that into the big 10 like that messes <laughs> up a lot of uh people's plans and just like that conference in general introducing that type of a team to a big 10 environment is uh makes things messy for a Michigan State because those teams don't really play as, as as high of a pace or scoring wise you know look at Michigan Michigan was uh that Michigan Texas Tech game was ugly right. but that's like wasn't the craziest thing or what was I mean Wisconsin always is that same way um so it's I mean it's cool I, I I'm not like trying to you know, sell anyone on Nebraska back. <laughs> well, that's actually going to be cool. But <laughs> sounds like sounds like you are a little bit. But I know you're excited for Fred to be back in the game. So I'm not really excited. Yeah, I have to be like watching. I mean, it's just say like, oh, I'm following Nebraska basketball. It doesn't sound great. It probably hurts my brand more than it hurts anything about Fred until he makes it cool, and then I'll just be like, yeah, been here, been doing this. Yep, I hear you. Uh, the this is really like. I don't know if this is a shout out or what, but uh, Zion shoe, uh, his Paul George's that exploded, um, or the one shoe that got that was exploded is missing, and was <laughs> supposedly worth up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I hate that. Which a should be how do you distributed to everyone? Uh, any profits made off that shoe should be immediately distributed to everyone that lost bets on that North Carolina Duke game. And two. Who in their right mind would pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a busted sneaker? That's ins- that's a lot of people. Come on, that's stupid. That's a lot of money. You can buy a house for that. Probably a North Carolina fan. Probably North Carolina. That's true. 
since they got knocked out of the tournament, it's at least something they can look back on the season fondly, you know? Yeah, man, something. Their mini trophy. All right, man. Well, uh, we're almost at the playoffs, Peach. Maybe when you and I are meeting up two weeks, we can catch a game, but um, we just got to wait for that schedule to come out. Hopefully the Bucks are playing yeah. that Saturday. Let's night. go War Eagle. I mean, right in the War Eagles, uh, a little this uh, cutthroat thing we're in. They're about to tip off here against Kentucky. Um, yeah, that should be a fun game. I'm really looking forward to got a, uh, Duke got game. Got a five point spread be... here. Yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, I hope Auburn covers. <laughs> yeah, I th- did you throw throw a little bit of money down? Yeah, well, I saw them that cutthroat riding them throughout this so if they can just cover and i can either keep riding them or absorb kentucky and make myself some money that i've lost this tournament i am actually in general like on an individual note so far um based on a few few situations i've been able to at least like net a small profit overall for the tournament but it's been some real heavy aggressive plays despite the fact that having uh, some poor situations like Tennessee <laughs> play its hand on me. Um, right. Well, I'm glad you're in the green. Well, what the? Oh, wow. Something bad happened? No, I was just looking. I was uh, the one of the Auburn guys was wearing uh, the guy. Do uh, I'm not gonna try to say his name. The guy that tore his ACL. In that Purdue game, or the UNC game, was wearing his jersey out to warm up. But at first I was like, wait, he was, uh, yeah, Malik Dunbar was wearing the dude that was towards ACL, and I was just confused. Like, he's jumping up and around, and he was, like, it's in like, warm up. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. Um, but, but, yeah, dude, no P.J. Washington for Kentucky is. is he's not playing? Oh, he's not starting. Shit. Yeah, I like Auburn in that game. I like your chance to speech. Me too. But uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely do a pod sometime in the next week or so. Do a little playoff preview. Maybe do one in person when you and I see each other. Um, but who thank knows? you, everyone. Yeah, who knows? And uh, go Duke and uh, Zion for life. Zion for life. We. Um, Check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Leave us a review. Thank you all for listening.